0: Recorded live. Greeting saints once again in the name of our precious Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I am Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church, Kinston, North Carolina, USA, and I'd like to welcome you all once again to another edition of Teaching the Word, where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. We bring you all greetings from the great country of Ghana, City Accra, where Jesus Christ is Lord. And besides him, there is none other. We thank God for each of you. We pray the Lord is blessing you very well wherever this broadcast is finding you. And I just want to encourage someone under the sound of my voice and let you to know that if you are hearing me, you are blessed. Just the fact that you can hear one more time, if you are seeing me, uh, on your screen, you are blessed. Just the fact that we can see one more time is a blessing. One of the things that God has immediately in my spirit now is that He does so much for you and I. God says that we cannot even fathom how much he does for us, his little children, on a daily basis. Saved and unsaved alike, God is doing immeasurably more than all that we can even calculate or imagine. Just God allowing us to be able to walk, to be able to see, to be able to smell, to be able to taste, to be able to hear. God is doing great things has done, is doing, and is continuing to do great things for us. This is why it is imperative for you and I to lift up his name. The Bible says to let everything that have breath praise you the Lord. Why? God says, I could have taken your breath. God says, I could have taken your human spirit out of your body, which is the breath of life. But because God has allowed our breath, our spirit, our life in this life to remain one more time, he is worthy of one more praise. We're going to take a look briefly this evening, children of God, at the book of Acts chapter 17 with a very special focus on verse 26. Acts chapter 17 with a very special focus on verse 26. From the New International Version, our scripture will read as follows From one man God made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth, and God determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. Once again, Acts chapter 17 with a special focus on verse 26, from one man God made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth and he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. We want to talk briefly this evening from a topic, God's timing, God's timing. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, again, we stand before you today, Father, thanking you for being so good to us, your little children, though we haven't always been good. You have been good to us. Though we haven't always been faithful, Father, you have been faithful. We give you all glory, all honor, and all praise. We reverence you. We laud and magnify your holy name. We pray, Father, that as we study this evening to show ourselves approved unto you, workmen who do not need to be ashamed but who rightly divide the word of truth, we pray, Father, that you will give us... uh, revelation tonight into your holy scriptures that will increase our knowledge our understanding and our wisdom that we may do say and think more of the things that are pleasing in your sight once again father we ask that you forgive us of our sins and our iniquities which we have grievously committed against you and we ask father that you continue to lead and guide us in your paths of righteousness. For your namesake, we know, Father, that you have a destination for us, your little children. And as we uh, yield and hearken to your voice, we trust that you are going to bring us there in Jesus' mighty and glorious name, we pray. Amen and amen. God's timing, bless the name of the Lord Jesus. We look here, children of God, at Acts chapter 17, verses 16 on down through about 34, and we see the Apostle Paul in Athens. Paul was waiting for uh, some of the brothers, some of the saints, and, and while he was waiting, he decided to go into the Areopagus. Now, one thing that God immediately has in my spirit is that we can do great things with waiting time just just keep that in mind we can do great things with waiting time now some of us while we were waiting while we are waiting for others we sit idly or we do uh trivial things or we do things that don't amount to much of anything. things uh, but the apostle paul used his waiting time as he was waiting for some of the brothers he used this time to go into the Areopagus and to help someone whose doctrine had been perverted, whose doctrine was twisted. He helped to straighten them out. I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice while you are waiting, you can do great things. While you are waiting, you can proclaim the eternal, glo- the eternal gospel. While you are waiting, you can sow words of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding into the lives of someone. While we are waiting, we can do great things. The apostle Paul went into the Areopagus. We're going to take off at verse 22, and the Bible says that Paul stood up in the meeting at the Areopagus, and said, Men of Athens, I can see that in every way you are very religious. Now, we want to deal with this a little bit here because in, in Athens, they even had an altar with an unknown God. The, 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 these Athenians, they were uh, very religious, but the problem was they didn't know the true and living God. Now, you say, Apostle, why is that dangerous? That's dangerous because religion without relationship is deadly. Religion without relationship is what the Pharisees had. Religion without the relationship is what the Sadducees had. Not only do you and I want to have religion, because the Bible says that pure and undefiled religion is this—to—to to look after offerings and, and widows in their infirmity, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. But we—the most important part of our religion is our relationship. Uh huh. Uh huh. Relationship is what God. Desires most out of us as his prized creation. God wants our relationship with him to be intact. Relationship. And this is what Paul wanted to do. He wanted to introduce the Athenians who were worshiping an unknown God, who were serving an unknown God, and he wanted to introduce them true to the true and living God. And that is what my prayer is for every one of you under the sound of my voice, that, that you will, as if you don't know the true and living God, if you don't know Jesus Christ in the pardon of your sins, for there is no other name under heaven or earth by which men can be saved than at the name of Jesus Christ, my prayer is that you will know him and that he will know know you paul stood up and he commended the athenians for being very religious but then he came back and he said in verse 23 for i have walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship i even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown god now you worship as now what you worship as something unknown, I am going to proclaim to you. You say, Apostle, why is this a portion of scripture important? What is this that Paul is doing that is important to us some 2,000 years later? Well, it is important to us children of God because it is our responsibility to introduce the world to a God that they really don't know. The world has been serving the God of money, the world has been serving the God of lust, the God of power, the God of sex, the God of, 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 all of sin, or the God of is the, the, the Father, uh the God of this age, which is Satan, but it's our responsibility, children of God, to introduce the world to the true God. And Living God Paul said what I'm going to do. He said you've been worshiping an unknown God now what you worship as something unknown Paul says I'm going to proclaim to you Paul says I'm going to preach to you. You say apostle why is that important. I encourage you in your waiting time while you are waiting at the dentist or waiting at the doctor's office or waiting at the the, the division of motor vehicles preach to somebody. Let somebody know that Jesus Christ is Lord and besides him there is. Is none other. The Apostle Paul said that the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. Watch this. And does not live in temples built by hands. Praise the living God. One of the first things that we want to let individuals know, because most times, children of God, people that don't know God, they start thinking God is in stuff. They start thinking God lives in temples. They start thinking that that God is is in stuff. When people don't know God, they don't understand what God's uh, what God really wants to do. God doesn't want to live in some building that men have made. That's not His express desire we thank God for buildings they keep us out of the rain they keep us out of the snow they keep us out of the cold but God says I don't live in buildings built by human hands God has a greater temple in mind you say apostle what are you trying to share with us well the 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 Athenians the areopagus was a great and magnificent structure and they had all kinds of things in there as if their gods were going to Live in there and, and tabernacle in there. But Paul said, Let me let you know something about the true and living God. He doesn't live no matter how fancy you make the building, no matter how much money you spend in beautifying it and trying to make it lovely, the true and living God he's got a better building in mind. And I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice that no matter how much money you spend in that church building, God says I'm not gonna live there. God says the building that I want to live in is you. Yes, yes, yes. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 says, do you not know? Do you not know? uh, um, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls us, is faithful, and he will do it. The body that God wants to live inside is inside of you, inside of me, inside of our human spirit, our soul, inside of our body that he may direct us, that he may counsel us, that he may live in us. The scripture lets us know in Corinthians, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. We thank God this evening that the temple, that God lives in, the temple that God desires to live in. is not some building made by human hands, not some buildings made of clay or made of stone or made of steel and glass, but the temple that God desires to live in, most of all, is inside of you and inside of me. And this is very important, children of God, because the Bible lets us to know that if any man has not the spirit of Christ, In other words, if God has not decided to live inside of you, then you are none of his. The Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God has been given to us for a variety of reasons. And one of the reasons, one of the main reasons that the Spirit of God has come to live inside of us is to prove and to mark ownership. God lives in those who are his, not those who are his creations, but those who are his sons and his daughters. Everybody is God's creation, but not everybody is God's son or daughter. My prayer for you under the sound of my voice is that if God is not alive in you, you will take this opportunity to ask the Father to forgive you of your sins, confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that God raised him from the dead, that he suffered as a substitute for your sins. Ask God to make you into a new creature through your faith in Christ, and God will come in and he will live inside of you. Say, Apostle, does that mean that I will be perfect? No, not, not physically. But it means that 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 we will go from darkness into the marvelous light. That means that our sins will be atoned for, meaning that God will forgive us of our sins, past, present, and future. He will make us into new creatures, and he will bring us into the fullness of our salvation, which is we will be just like Jesus Christ. I encourage you. Under the sound of my voice, that has not been done. That That is the most important decision that you will ever make. Paul, let the people know that God does not live in temples built by human hands. Watch this. And he's not served by human hands as if he needs anything. Now, does this mean that we don't serve God? No, that's not what that means. It means that God doesn't need us. He doesn't need anything from us. He doesn't need our money, he doesn't need our support, he doesn't need our. He doesn't need anything from us. God was in existence fully in existence long before we were ever created, and if he decided to destroy us all tonight, he would still be God, and besides him there is none other. So let us not confuse God's desire with God's need uh-huh. we're going to talk a little bit about that, because sometimes, if we are not careful, we as human beings, we can confuse our desires with our need. God desires you and I. He doesn't need you and I. God desires that you contribute to the work of the ministry. God doesn't need you to contribute. God desires that you be saved. God doesn't need you and I to be saved. So we want to understand there's a difference between desires and needs. In us, as human beings, I might desire a Mercedes S-Class, but I might just need a, 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 a car to get me back and forth to work. So understand that there is a difference between desires and needs. God does not need anything. Watch this. Because he himself gives all men life, breath, and everything else. God does not need a thing, but he desires many things. He desires for you and I to be saved. He desires for you and I to live right. He desires for you and I to, to study his word. He desires for you and I to contribute to the work of the ministry. He desires so, so many things. See? But even God does not always get what he desires, and neither should we. Because the reality is, children of God, some of the things that we desire are not beneficial for us. Some of the things that we desire are not best for us. This is why God told us that he supplies all of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So we understand that God does not need anything, but God desires many things. My prayer for you under the sound of my voice is that you will work diligently After you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that you will work diligently in trying to give God what he desires. You say, Apostle, why is that important? It's important because as you and I give God more of what he desires, God will give you and I more of what we desire. Some of you all under the sound of my voice, you are very upset because you're not getting uh, from God something that you desire. And I want to let you, some of you all know that 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 God is upset with some of you all because you're not giving him what he desires. See, just like you have desires from God, God has desires from each one of us. God wants us to give him what he wants. And as we give him more and more and more of what he wants, he will bless you and I with more and more of what we want. The Bible says that God has given us life, breath, and everything else. The Bible says that from one man, from one man, he made every nation of men. Now, now that is especially um important to me, you know, because God has me doing quite a bit of traveling. You know, I was sharing with one saint a little earlier today. I've been in about 26 countries in the last three years or so. And everywhere I go in in most countries and major cities, you see so, so many people, so many people in Lagos, Nigeria, so many people in, in, uh, uh, uh uh, New York City, so many people in Accra, Ghana, so many people. And it's, it's so many, many people. And sometimes I stop and I think that our God created all of these people starting with just one man. Ah, you say, just one man. You say, Apostle, what? what is the significance there? I want to let you to know under the sound of my voice that you are important. If God was able to take and as many people as I have seen in so many countries and so many nations and so many cities and start it all from one man. What can God do with you? What can God do with me? God doesn't need to start with a lot of people to have a lot of people. I want to encourage some of you under the sound of my voice with little finances. God doesn't need to start with a lot of money to bless you with a lot of money. God is so awesome. Thank you, Father, that he can start with one. He can start with none and make plenty. He can start with a few and do much. God, you say, Apostle, what is the importance? The importance is to, that we want to position ourselves so that God will take the few or the little or the one or the none and multiply it for you and I. Oh, see, God didn't need a whole lot of fish to feed a whole lot of people. He took a few little fish and a few little loaves. But time God finished with it, he was able to feed a whole lot of people. God in Scripture has not needed a whole lot of people in order to to defeat armies with a whole lot of people. No, no, no. He was able to take few. I want to encourage somebody because the Bible tells us that the road to eternal life is a straight and narrow gate, and it's only a few that enter therein. God is able to take little. God is able to take few. See, most of us, we cry for the more, more money, more jobs more people in our churches, more, more, hey, hey, God be saying, look, it ain't always that you need more. God says, sometimes what you just need is more of my power on what you already have. Mm. God says, you don't always need more. Sometimes what you just need is more of my power. Gideon, you don't need more soldiers in your army. In fact, you need less. But with more of my power, you're going to be able to do more than if You had more. I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice. Let the power of God operate in the little that you have. Let the power of God operate in the little finances that you have. Let the power of God operate in the little gift you may have. Let the power of God operate in the little anointing, in the little congregation. Let the power of God, because when the power of God starts moving, whatever it is, whatever it is that's trying to hold it back, whatever it is that's trying to come against it, whatever it is that's trying to, to uh, it won't work. If God be for you, who, who can be against you? We're talking about God's timing today, children of God. Now, what we have to understand is that when God's power moves, when God's power starts working, when God's power gets in operation, God has got a specific time that he likes to do things. Our God is a very time-oriented God. You see that in his character as you examine the scriptures all the way back in Genesis. Certain things God did on day one. Certain things God did on day two. Certain things God did on day three. God is a very time-conscious and a very time-oriented God. Jesus didn't just say he was going to rise from the dead, Jesus said on the third day he would rise from the dead. So you say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? It's important for you and I to yield our timetable to the timetable of God. Some of the most frustrated Christians you will ever meet are those who are still trying to hold on to their timetable as opposed to yielding to the timetable of God. say. Ah, oh, I thought I would have been married by 30. Well, God may have you planned to be married at 40. Oh, I thought I would have had my first child at 25. Well, God may have you have your first child at, at 35. Yielding our timetable. Look at what the Bible says now. We're looking at verse 26. From one man, God made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. Watch this. And he determined the times. See, if you're trying to operate on a timetable that God has not determined, you already, you already wrong. You, if you and I are trying to operate on a timetable that God has not has, not uh, a sanctioned or that God has not ordained, then you and I are already wrong. God has determined the times. God has determined when we're going to be born. God has determined when we're going to die. God has determined when we're going to marry. God has determined when we're going to preach. God has determined when we're going to get a job. And so when you say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? I want to encourage you to sensitize yourself to the spirit of God that you will know his timetable instead of trying to fight against his timetable with your timetable. Oh, my God, the Holy Ghost is hitting home. I I know some spirits are hearing that right there. God got a timetable. Look at what the Apostle Paul says. He has determined the times set for us. There's a time for you to be healthy. There's a time for you to be sick. There's a time for you to embrace. There's a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to be a child. There's a time to be a man. God has already set the times. No matter what you're talking about, no matter what I'm talking about, no matter what you're complaining about, no matter what I'm complaining about, God has already set the times. I encourage you under the sound of my voice, yield yourself, sensitize yourself to the timetable of our creator from one man. He made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth, And he determined the time set for them, watch this, and the exact places where they should live. Now we're talking about how specific God is. Not only has he determined the times for us, he has determined the exact places where we should live. God already knows. God knows where he wants you to live. God knows where he wants you to work. God knows who he wants you to marry. God knows what he wants you to eat. God knows how much he wants you to weigh. God, every detail of your life, God has a desire. We talked earlier today about how God desires so many things. See, God desires a whole lot of things, see, He desires, and the more we yield and, and sensitize ourselves to his spirit, the more we will walk in the desires of God. And the more we walk in the desires of God, the more blessings you will see in your life. The more you and I, child of God, do what are the things that are pleasing in God's sight, the more blessings he will release on us. The more blessings he will release in our health, in our finances, in our communities, in our nation. The Bible lets us to know that righteousness exalts any nation. The Bible doesn't say that gross national product uh, uh, um, exalts a nation. Didn't say how much your GDP is or how many, how many uh, electoral votes or how many policies. Uh-uh, the Bible says righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice that if you establish yourself in righteousness, the Bible says tyranny will be far from you. God will exalt you God will take you to the place that He has desired for you and I since before the foundations of the earth. Righteousness will exalt you, and no one can stop you. Righteousness will settle you, and nobody can nobody can hinder you. Righteousness. If you want to know what is the what is the key to becoming an immovable, an unstoppable object in the in creation, righteousness. Because when you operate, you and I operate in righteousness. The The power of God goes before us, and there is no power in creation that is greater than the power of God. When you are operating in God's timing, blessings that God has for you, the provisions that God has for you, the promotions that God has, they will all come your way. God's timing. I encourage you, child of God, let us seek after and walk in the timing of God and you will experience a level of blessings, a level of peace, a level of joy that cannot be explained and cannot be comprehended. May God continue to bless each of you. This is Apostle Robert Bryant from Accra, Ghana, signing out in Jesus' mighty name.